God gave movie boys to ya. Gave movie boys to ya. <laughs> and the rest of that song. It's the only Kiss song I know and I don't even know it. I just forgot it all. Um, we don't... To... Wait, hang on. That's the Kiss song you know? Yeah. It's not I Wanna Rock and Roll All Night. Oh, I know that one as well. Okay. Wanna rock and roll all night and do something at the day. Go shopping. I and think movie boys every day. Be movie boys every day. Hello, everyone. I'm Gene Simmons. <laughs> and and welcome to the Spin-Off Doctors Thanksgiving special that isn't because we missed Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's too early for Christmas. And we also made the, you know, tragic error of deciding that we were going to have an <laughs> annual Thanksgiving special. <laughs> <laughs> pair of fucking idiots okay so i don't want to like dilly dally too much on this because <clears throat> lord help us i don't want it to happen <laughs> but we are going to do a live commentary this year track rather than do a retrospective like we did and we did the live stream um that we've, we we did on the jim sterling youtube channel this year we're going to try and do, and then we've had people ask us to do this for other movies, and I never wanted to do it because it felt too complicated and I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> but I, it's, it's not even nine in the morning, and I'm I'm drinking sweet liqueurs <laughs> in order to deal with pixels again. This will be the third time I've watched it. How how many times have you watched it now, Conrad? Uh, well, let's see. I watched it three times for the last time we did it, and uh, I've watched it once in preparation for this recording already. Um, I and 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 I desperate part of the reason for doing the commentary, truth be told, is that I couldn't find the old synopsis, <laughs> and I couldn't bring myself to do it again. You don't want to write it down again. Yeah. Cause it's cause cause it's clear that the people who made the movie never wanted to write it down. No, no. And so why should I? But I did. I I watched it um, just the other night with my wife, actually, yeah. uh, because I thought that perhaps the way to struggle through it would be to inflict it on on somebody else. <laughs> And uh, we're still together. Oh, thank, thank God! Because yeah, I was sort of like, she, you know, she was, she was right for you, and and I was, when you said that you'd watched, I saw the, a tweet uh, about it, and I was like, oh my God, do I need to like go, go over there? Like, like, <laughs> do you need to come here, like, for a place to stay? But you are still that that bond holds true. Yep, yep. It's well, even through pixels. See, here's the thing about it. Um, yes, it's true. I inflicted a trauma upon my wife. But the way I see it, it's kind of like that old, uh, that old story, that old parable, you might say, about the, uh, the soldier that is trapped in a hole. And, uh, he's looking up out of the hole and a... Uh, I think I think it's a doctor that comes by, and the guy asks for help, and the doctor throws him some 
pain medication. And someone else comes by, I can't remember who, it's not important. The third guy that comes by is another soldier, and the guy asks him for help, and the, the other soldier jumps down into the hole with him. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, well, why'd you do that? It's, well, I've been here before, and I know the way out, right? Uh, so I knew, I knew that I was going to be able to comfort her after the fact, because I'd had the experience, right? And and in a way, I like to think that uh, this has brought us closer together. I like that. I like that. The way I always hear that story is that the other one jumps down and kills and eats the other one. <laughs> um, uh, that is, is the, that is the other. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that was fifty-fifty. How you hear that? Yeah. One. My, my my mother was a, a perpetual victim blamer, so the moral of every story she ever told us was um, don't fall down a hole or you'll get yourself eaten <laughs> by another soldier, um, probably an enemy dressed in ally clothes, uh, uniform and whatnot, killed and ate an officer, took their uniform, infiltrated ranks, ate their way up the food chain, literally. Um that was my mother for you, though. Paranoid and jingoistic. Um, <laughs> not a lot of that's true. Um, right. I reckon we should get on with this. Get this yeah. commentary underway. So people have asked us to do commentary before. Uh, we've done commentary on the stuff. Way back. Um, way back. A long time ago. Um, I've done some commentary tracks years and years ago on some video game movies. But today... God fucking help us. We're doing a Happy Madison production of Pixels starring Adam Sandler and a bunch of other ones. So... <laughs> and and if, if you want to watch along with us... Um, yeah. God bless you. God uh, help you. You know, it's... Uh, and, 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 you know, I mean, examine your life choices maybe, but in the meantime... Uh, if you want to sync up with us to watch along, uh, advance your copy of the film that you have. Uh, your VHS copy. Your, your VHS. VHS. Track track it up. Cue <laughs> uh, it up to the Happy Madison production logo, specifically at the point where the golf ball breaks the glass on the camera. Yeah, you should be looking at the Happy Madison Productions logo with the shattered glass. Which is pretty much how I'm tempted to view any television when I see that fucking logo. Yeah, if um, it just stopped there, actually, I think the world would be a better place. Honestly, honestly, please. Um, now, on the legally purchased VHS copy that Conrad has, it's at 41 seconds. Um, and at the on the Amazon, because apparently I like wasting my money on wastes of my life. I have the Amazon video rented version, which is at 44 seconds. But so around those seconds, you'll get the Happy Madison smashy glass. And then I'm going to count us down, three, two, one, and then on the fourth beat, hit play. And then if someone wants to sync it up and put it up somewhere, like, I, I don't advocate piracy or anything like that. But I'm we, just saying I don't give a fuck. I also don't advocate spending any money whatsoever in support of this trash. Yeah. I mean, he's better than me in that regard, is Conrad. 
Um, this is the th- second time I've <laughs> actually rented Pixels because I'm too lazy. Like, that's how. That's why I know that good service beats piracy. It's because I can just pr- press a button and watch this horror, and I don't have to spend time downloading it. And 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 that is a lesson that people need to learn about piracy. And nothing evidences it more than renting pixels twice <laughs> for the love of bloody fuck. So anyway, I'm going to count this down and we're going to get on with it. We're uh, three, two, one, and then boom, press play. So after the, the beat, fourth beat. <clears throat> three, two, one, and away. So... There's a man that just said terrific, the most interesting man in the world. Yes. It looked like I don't know if that was if he's a reference to anything else to do with Adam Sandler. Well, well, you know, hi guys. Well, I'm am Adam Sandler, and I can tell you to shut up. You're not on this one. That voice is really annoying. So <laughs> we're doing it. We, Sorry, we've, Conrad. We've had comments on that. Yeah, I, I think the most interesting man in the world there would have made more sense if we, you know, could find a, a Dos Equis product placement. Maybe they could could have shoved one in there somewhere yeah yeah no, but then actually, again that would require something interesting being Dos in an Adam Sandler film. saves its placements for quality film productions like the classic I think 1977 film Phantasm oh there you go true fact they had they sent cases of beer okay so here we are oh god the first introduction to our characters uh, and already, the guy who's going to be the president of the United States is stealing from his goddamn sister. Unbelievable. I mean, I wouldn't expect... That's not presidential behavior, I don't think. Hopefully, no. he gives a speech that someone else has written for him later, and then he'll appear presidential, and that'll be okay, what he just did there. Um, <laughs> we won't do too much of that, I promise you. It's just, welcome to Pixels! There's the title of the movie! It's it's just that the uh, the 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 clear connection to current political environment and and frankly the uh, the the rise or re rise of the entitled white man is so pervasive in this film. Would you say that Adam Sandler? Perchance is a uh, a modern day political Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, but uh, not in any way that contributes positively to well, there society. We there we go. Like we um, we can't we can't possibly see this as a warning, right? I don't think so. Um, I've got some trivia, though, that during this whole intro sequence, members of Adam Sandler's family make cameo appearances in this film. So he's, uh, he would do that to his own family. I mean, that's, that's a slight step above making a family member watch Pixels with you. It's actually putting them in it. Well, no, I mean, now, hang on. That could just be yet another way for Adam Sandler to take advantage of the uh, budgeting potential of a, a absolutely massive motion picture. Right. I mean, I'm so not saying feel, that's what he does. I feel we should be uh, somewhat descriptive as well for those who might want to listen to this and, and somehow still follow along. Um, 
right now, future, well, past Kevin James, who's being played like a kid. It's like the TV serial It. There's kid versions and adult versions. Right, kid That's version. That's the only thing they've got in He's Tom. wearing a Chewbacca mask that he's won on a crane game, and he then he is that is why everyone calls him Chewy for the rest of his life. Because he wore a mask once. Right. And it was important yeah. to establish that. But right now a little boy is perving over a warrior lady in an arcade cabinet. And this is still just the strangest thing i and this kid's pretty good actually as a like he's entertaining as he's, this he's the, kid the least annoying member of the cast yeah yeah i think that's i think that's true and and i we you know i say that considering peter dinklage's performance in that he's the guy who actually gives one yes uh, but the character is so insufferable that there you have it uh and so speak of the devil is. Yeah, Here he comes. Uh, accompanied by uh, what I'm sure was written in the script as hot babes. <laughs> yeah, Peter Dinklage arrives with hot babes. I'm Adam Sandler. I will get hot babes as well later. Flanking him in tow as he, you know, appears to a ridiculous amount of camera attention. I will uh, say the the young Peter Dinklage's character also puts in a decent performance. It's like yes. the, it's like. That character lineage is the only one that gave a shit. It's very consistent, yeah. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd's here. Oh, um, God inst- bless Dan Aykroyd. Literally Showing staring at the camera with a shit-eating grin on his face because he knows that what we're watching is garbage. I think you pointed out something similar when you watched this the first time around. Yeah, he's he is looking kind of a little bit smug. Uh, I, I bet he got a good deal on that product placement uh, <laughs> that, that we'll enjoy in a little while. It, it's just, it, it's tragic to see him standing up there at all. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, now the setup uh, for the, the World Gaming Championship and the yeah. montage of... Dan of... Aykroyd has told people to start their gaming and now we're seeing the little children. Uh, oh, well... Peter Dinklage's younger self has just taken a photo of one of the hot babes while is, gaming as well to show uh, how arrogant, sexy, and good at gaming he is. I mean, it's worth uh, bringing up just immediately at this point that uh, this is already the second example in which any time a female character appears on screen, something happens at their expense. Well, uh, yeah, at, at their expense for Adam Sandler's pleasure. Um, and, in know, fact, that was Happy Madison's original corporate uh, tagline. It was your expense at Adam Sandler's pleasure. <laughs> but uh, they considered it a little too on the nose. So we're down to little Adam Sandler, little Peter Dinklage about to face off at Donkey Kong um, and, and you know, doing that pre-game intimidation conversation stuff. Yes. And... Because it's worked so well for movies of this current age, we've got some Queen playing now. Um, we Will Rock You is playing while um, young Dinklage and young Sandler face off. 
Um, and it's it's, it's uh, nostalgic. It's music. We associate the good music with a good time. Right. And that's how movies trick you into believing that you're having a good time watching the movie. Suicide Squad being one of the biggest examples you could think of. I mean, this yes, the, this film so cynically employs that tactic over and over and over again through the course of the film because this I mean the soundtrack's phenomenal. Yeah, like, good soundtrack. Uh, I'm not here to watch uh, a soundtrack. It's cynically married, so it doesn't have the effect. Um, you know, I love licensed music used in the right way. I think that's an art form. Some people call it lazing. Right. Um, but things, pixels are the reason why it gets called lazy. It's abusive. But anyway, young Dinklage has just beaten young Adam Sandler at Danky Kang. And that has basically ruined his life. He's like 10, 11, 12, something like that at this age. Um, bearing in mind, this is the character establishing moment for him is when he was about 10, you know, before his fucking balls dropped, he lost at Danky Kang. And and he came, it's not to, yeah, you can say it from the perspective of, oh, he lost at Donkey Kong. He placed second yes. in a world video game championship. That is true. Even worse. But he's he actually... so entitled that it has destroyed his life. Yes. So we see them as adults. They're in a bar. We see adult Kevin James. I don't even care who or what they're fucking called. Um, you know, it could be Jacob and Clementine for all I fucking care. Um, so Adam Sandler is wearing... A sort of Best Buy Geek Squad shirt. And, and they're talking about women that, you know, about, you know, uh, attractive women and fantasizing effectively about them. Yes. Uh, so again, oh, here gross. comes the one bit of the film that I liked. Uh, the president is reading Anna Skull. And it's not the fact that they're spoofing the George Bush 9-11 thing that I find funny. Because that's... Not That's pretty tasteless, yeah. Um, and and like I say, most things in this film just aren't funny because they're not well done. That's the only bit I find funny there is where the way Kevin James just looks at the camera lost and the camera zooms in on him. I also I I credit, found that well executed. Credit to my wife, um, who you know is not. She, she she's not that super into movies, but she immediately made the observation that that news footage would never be shot from multiple angles and with zoom. That's I was true. so proud. That's uh, true. Now they're they leaving the restaurant and uh, and having a conversation about what a failure Adam Sandler is, which, uh, I mean, you know, you can't argue that. Well, I mean, if, if you want to be classist like uh, Adam Sandler and you, Conrad, then you can say that, you know, he's he's a loser because he's working, you know, a stable, you know, maybe the only job he can get in this economy. Um, but Adam Sandler, from his rich product placement-infused position, will look at that job as being a loser, uh, whereas I take a stand for the common person and I salute retail workers for their efforts and putting up with classist a-holes like Adam Sandler who looks at them and says that they are rubbish. Which, yeah, it... I mean, as I... Also, died... Adam Sandler is lazy and couldn't be bothered to 
Wright himself getting involved with the plot, so just wrote his character as friends with the president. Oh, this is the moment where he acts, the only time in the film. Yes. We did talk over uh, the aliens arriving, just some pixely things happened and they half-pixelated a roadside. They just showed up in Guam. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it's... It, I, I can remember what it's like to wear one of these short shirts that he's wearing and to do this shit. Yeah, he's, he's wearing all orange rather than Best Buy. It's all orange. He's got a pair of glasses on his uh, shirt that says nerd in the lenses. Uh, just to give you a visual description of him, uh, just to give you the idea of this. That that was basically the extent of, of how his mind works when it comes to parodying something. Well, oh, it, instead of geek, it's nerd. Nerd and I just, I gotta say, like, everybody that I know, that I can remember working with who had to wear a shirt like that would think this guy was an asshole. Like, it, it, he's an asshole. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, he, he plays roles. He's like Woody Allen. No, not in... I'm not making insinuations. I'm just saying... He'll write a movie that will portray him in ways that shouldn't really be all that heroic, but he inexplicably gets him all of the rewards and sex and attention he deserves. It's like it's like a Danny McBride comedy, but without the irony attached. And and speaking of which, here now he's in the house to do this installation, and and we skipped over a really great bit with the kid that's there to get his install, and the mom who's divorced and building a slut-seeking missile to kill her uh, soon-to-be ex-husband's girlfriend. But now Adam Sandler here is just very awkwardly uh, insulting and and. Uh, objectifying her based on his expectations of what she would be like based on her husband leaving her. Yeah. And, yeah, and then he had to yeah. stop and check out her ass on the way out. Uh, just... And, and she, she chuckles it off at the end like it's lighthearted scamps when he was really being a complete and utter cock. And, and it's just, it's so bald-faced set up. It's the kind of thing that realistically you'd be fired for doing. Oh yeah. Oh god. Like you'd yes. immediately phone the Best Buy and say, "This Adam Sandler-looking fucker objectified me in my house, made comments about my fucking private life and my marriage, and he's talking to my child about slut-seeking missiles. Get him out of my house. Get him out of his job." I don't care if he's friends with the president. It's the only reason he keeps his job, I bet, is he, he invokes the French with the president's card every single time. But but here we are uh, in uh, in this fantasy where... Uh, in, in this fantasy where you he can do time. no wrong. <laughs> he gets to keep his fucking job. It's unbelievable. It's basically Tommy Wiseau with a budget and, you know, some actual professionalism buried somewhere in it, in that he writes himself as this unlikable tit who inexplicably is supposed to be heroic. But yeah, he's basically playing the old you millennials card for most of this. Old arcade games are good, everything modern is bad, and children don't know anything. Um, which is basically what everyone says they won't grow up to be, but ends up growing up to be. And Adam Sandler here makes it heroic in his mind. 
Now the lady's crying. <sighs> the woman is crying on her own, and Adam Sandler has decided to just invite himself into her closet where she's alone and vulnerable. Um, it's not his business. He's there to install something. But hey, let's why not intrude upon this poor woman's life? And as uh, the lady says, she's sobbing on the floor of her closet, drinking wine out of a sippy cup. She's not okay. Uh, Adam Sandler decides to sit down and stare at her with a horrible, mawkish grin on his face. I mean, he looks like some sort of, not Kermit the Frog, but like someone made a bad, like, like, like Sonichu version of Kermit, like Kermitchu. Yeah. Adam Sandler looks like Kermitchu. And now we're seeing more of the uh, military uh, at the base in Guam, and a wall of their base just explodes out in a whole bunch yeah. of blocks. There's lots of uh, tesseracts. Yeah, uh, cosmic cubes. Cosmic cubes all over the place. Um, Places littered with like, them. It's like, you know, oh, everything's realistic but half pixely. Um and that's how damage is done to everything. Everything's all square and blocky. So there's lots of glowing blocks and the soldier has his gun. And oh no! He's just being... When I first saw this, this I thought this was horrific. Yeah, He's I being thought they were... abducted as if from a UFO, except being turned, like, torn apart and turned into square blocks. He looks horrified and yells, Mama, no! While getting pulled up and just disassembled into pixels. Well, you know, they call them pixels. They're basically cubes. CGI cubes. It looks painful and nightmarish. And it looked like they were murdering him. And I was... I thought it was traumatic. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, wrote I, I was letter. right there with you. I thought it was horrifying. And now we're back in the closet. I wrote a letter to the FCC. Are they the ones that would do something about it or not? They're the ones that are just bastards, aren't they? And okay, yeah, so. now I want to talk about Adam Sandler saying the doctor that was helping us make the baby didn't help us make the baby. I think they were trying to pressure a man into a threesome while at a consultation and made him very uncomfortable. That's the story that I have because otherwise... I, I just don't want to think about Adam Sandler using baby talk all the time. The, the doctor who is supposed to help us make the baby didn't make the baby. Talk about adult problems like an adult person if you're going to talk about adult problems, Adam Sandler. You insincere fuckwit. Who is wasting my time this morning? Because oh, it's your fault. The cliche oh. going in for the kiss thing. Which is uh, beyond, like, beyond inappropriate, even by normal Hollywood inappropriate kiss standards, because normally that happens after there's been real tension between the two. Uh, some establishment of their characters and roles. Yeah, they've gone through something together already. But here, they've literally just met. He's still there as the installer of the television. And he leaned in for a kiss while she was emotionally vulnerable in the corner drinking wine out of a sippy cup. Uh, and I do believe he didn't imbibe any wine himself. Um, and even if he did, it's no excuse, Adam Sandler. Oh, I think he, did ha- he, do, he does take a drink, but that, that a doesn't excuse it. A bit to it. make him feel all right about himself, basically. Yeah, it- it's like, oh, well, I'm drunk too. Time to go in. Adam Sandler, 
your character, uh, just for legal reasons, I don't need another one. Your character here is a predator and needs to be fired from Nerd Squad, but he won't be because he's protected by the president. Where have I had that one before? I was going to say, you brought up Woody Allen earlier and you didn't want to draw any comparisons. But yeah. To Adam Sanders' character. To Adam Sanders' character. 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 OC. OC character, do not steal. <laughs> the character that is more or less Adam Sandler playing himself. I bet Adam Sandler does brush his teeth exclusively in his van. Which is what he's doing right now. <laughs> it's uh, what he's doing in the film for context. I'm drinking too much water and not enough of my alcohol. <laughs> You're making too much sense, Jim. Yep. So now they're driving the same way. The woman he tried to assault in the closet and him in his, you know, nerd squad or nerd troop or whatever van. But of and course, he's cracking wise and it's annoying. We have to implicate, you know, we have to implicate that women are irrational um, at some point along the way because he thinks that she's falling. She, he's yeah. a fucking pig. She's doing that whole, like, really, like, like 50s era sort of, oh, that horrible pig man. Oh, 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 I want to kiss him, but I don't. Oh, like, he thinks he's your fucking Brenner is, and oh, God, that shit-eating grin he just gave her. As she reveals, of course, that she's got clearance to go in. She's a colonel. Yeah, um, heading into the course, White House. And there's Adam Sandler probably thinking, I'm progressive. I made a colonel a lady. I made a lady girl girl. She don't have no PP. Um, that's how Adam Sandler thinks. Uh, his words, not mine. So they're still going the same way. They're in the White House now. Her as a colonel. Him still dressed as a, you know, nerd squad. Uh, because we know that he's friends with the president. And uh-oh. Oh, he's being allowed into the Oval Office to see the president. And so, of course, he has to be just an outrageous dick about it. Yeah, he goes, somebody's more important. And then uh, a stunt double moonwalks for him. <laughs> uh, we see him turn around and walk in backwards, but then it cuts only to a close-up of some legs because Adam Sandler can't moonwalk into the pretend Oval Office where he is now talking with Kevin James, the President of the United States. <laughs> Once upon a time, that would have been a funny joke. Now, Tragic. he could just be the next President. Uh, you know... If it came down to the one we have now and Kevin James running for office, like if those were our choices, I for one welcome President James. So, President James, long may he reign, <laughs> is uh, looking at a laptop with Adam Sessler. Adam Sessler. Sessler. No, 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 no. Poor Adam Sessler. I'm so sorry, Adam We Sessler. love you, Adam. Mean- I didn't mean that. Adam Sand I I like I said, I've I've had to get myself in the right frame of mind to watch this. Um, but no, they have observed that this is Galaga. Uh that the the aliens uh on their spy satellites have The been, aliens uh, use video games, arcade ones specifically. Let's just uh establish that right now because oh fuck this film. We're in the Situation Room. They're talking about the attack in Guam. And the we got Brian Cox being stern and militant. And he's... God. He's clearly got better things he could be doing, right? It's Brian Cox. 
I mean, Brian Cox is is he's, he's striking me almost as a Christopher Walken type. As a just give me the script and I'll do it. I'll do I mean, it and, just to act. <laughs> and he's well cast to this kind of role. He's a good fit for it. It's just such a shitty movie. This, yeah, it, yeah. He's, he's wasted on it. I mean, yeah. anyone who isn't in, you know, Sanders' little clique is wasted in this movie. Including everyone who worked on the special effects, whom, whoever made the sets, whoever held the cameras. Oh, Adam, Not... Adam Sanders just uh, barged into the Situation Room. Because... Which, by the way, in, in this film is just a regular room with a big TV and a normal door. <laughs> but it is, it is uh, just... I mean, you, he he would be in cuffs immediately. But instead, because he's Adam Sandler and he gets to get away with everything, he gets to stand in front of this crowd of people and belittle them despite the relative positions of power that they actually hold. Yes. Adam Sandler has just said to the crowd of people who are in this quote-unquote situation room, that uh, Gallagher attached them, uh, attacked them. A very specific one that hasn't been in production for a long time because his thing, now remember, his special gift that makes him, uh, you know, the great white hope is, uh, is that he can recognize patterns in old video games. Yeah. And, and there, there are many creative ways you could get a computer, gen- like computer game genius into this situation. Rather than just have him be friends with the president and then just go in there and insult these people for no reason and look really smug about it. He just waltzes in, talks about Gallagher. The people rightly question why he's there and he just smirks and sneers at them like he's better than everybody. And it's there's also I guess I just I really have a problem with the seeming lack of distress that the character's conveying too. Well, I mean, I would be distressed if someone walked into the situation room, but it's clearly not the real one. So I couldn't blame <laughs> someone for thinking they walked in to say, like a hotel function room that was rented for the weekend, that but- someone hung up some vaguely presidency looking things up in I mean, because but not that's only are, what it was not only are they not distressed adam sandler is not distressed by any of this yes oh by the way he just called someone adam sand uh he adam sandler called someone harry potter just because he wore glasses he looks in no other way like harry potter oh and, and he also, also called someone... a, a woman gandalf because she had white hair white hair and a guy who was just even a bit overweight he said, "Oh, there's oh a my God! I just for the for first time noticed uh, Josh Gad's ass crack in that shot." Oh, oh yeah, Josh God. Gad has arrived. Uh, ass crack first. He was inside Adam Sandler's van and then got. He scared Adam Sandler so much that Adam Sandler used his strength to punch him so hard he fell out the back of the van. And now he's threatening him with a baseball bat. Uh, that Josh Gad is, of course, the uh, the grown-up version of the only not insufferable child from the World uh, Video Game Championships. Yeah, his character's name in this is Ludlow. Ludlow, and he was coming to uh, apparently chloroform Adam Sandler in order to uh, talk to him. Uh, <coughs> 
Lucky for him, the chloroform was already in Adam Sandler's van. You know, as opposed to so many other uh, things that have no potential to begin with, the Josh Gad character and performance actually have some. And, but it ultimately just isn't well written. Uh, no. he, he has the best opportunities for jokes, um, as it turns out. And, 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 like, he's the most capitalized upon, I feel. Yeah. But at the same time, that says practically nothing because nothing was spent. Um, there was no it's hard to. I've realized it's hard for us to really do a walkthrough of what's happening for those that aren't watching along. When you have to spend so much time talking about what a piece of shit this film is. Right. But I, I'm hoping that our tormented uh, uh, responses to what's happening on screen still manages to I be entertaining. I don't want to see this. I dug out a Bartlett Southern Comfort that was so old it had dust on it. In the hopes that it would make you blind. No, I understand. And, 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 and I've still got more to go, and that's going in. I, got, and, and, I might as well just put all that in. And and we just watched uh, Ludlow show a, uh, a animated flip book of him and the video game character he was lusting for back in the past, uh, getting married and then him getting buff, uh, neither of which seems likely to happen, but he's still carrying that torch. And yeah, he's been in love with a uh, video game character forever. And don't get me wrong, like... If you want to toss off over a video game character, do what thou will. I'm not going to yuck any yums. No, I'm all I'm I'm all into that. It's just the when you when you're in romantic love with with a video game character for that long. Oh, oh! Uh, he called his mother a cracker just then. Yeah, we might we might have just had another. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, we had another woman uh, involve herself in this film, so it was it, you know. <laughs> Shut her up, quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a particularly cringeworthy moment from um, what's this man's name? Ludlow uh, or Josh Ludlow, Gad? Josh Gad. As he's like, I'm trying to save the world, you cracker. I mean, and it's a and, well-worn and it was, joke, right? But it. Yeah, but like Will Ferrell yelling to his mom about the meatloaf in, uh, I think it was the goods, was that was that was how to do it, and this was not. It was. It just made me cringe. It well, it doesn't it doesn't endear you to him at all. No, it sounded like oh, you name drop four chan, he. Uh, it sounded like something they filmed that they could maybe have used for the trailer for, like, you know, a moment when the music in the trailer stops and they show a little outburst and then go back to the music. I don't know if that ever made it into the trailer, but it feels like that sort of scene. That was, like, a shot-for-trailer scene. And so uh, we're about to see... What we're about to watch here is a videotape a message from the... Uh... The aliens explaining what they're doing, and and the and to the film's credit, again, I think we have to admit this. This was okay. Yeah, this this idea is strong enough that the actual execution of it doesn't have to be great in order yeah. for it to still be good. Um, I mean, they, if you describe what we're looking at now. Uh, so we're looking at Ronald Reagan and now Tammy Faye Baker delivering this message from the aliens. And, and what they've done is that they've, they've digitally uh, drawn new mouths over these characters. Now we have Madonna over these over these people oh, using old footage. And 
They're basically it's... saying they're, they're challenging the human race, and yeah, it goes through Madonna, Tammy Lynn, uh, um, Tammy Faye. Reagan, Tammy Faye. Uh, this is why I had you explain it because you'd have known the the Americans. Yeah, and, uh, and so it's, celebrities better than me. It's a it's a cool idea. It's a cool way because it ties into the whole themes. Uh, the whole film's uh, idea of the aliens learning about us because of this very time-specific probe. Yeah, it's it's one of those tragic moments in a in a terrible film where you see a really clever idea that that is just done such a disservice by being in this. Yeah, it somehow you know, snuck seeing, its way in there, and yeah, seeing a Madonna interview repurposed by aliens so that she's challenging you to a, a, a contest in the next fifteen hours for you know the fate of the Earth and stuff. That's so clever that it shouldn't be in this movie, and how dare it be here. Yeah. And now, in the White House, uh, they're bringing this information to the president, which uh, I really question uh, the authenticity of this film on the basis that by 2015, we knew they were monitoring fucking everything. Somebody caught this. Why is the president just finding out from these assholes? Because it's President um, Kevin James. I I heard you almost say it. it no, I said President Kevin James. <laughs> I was gonna. I, sorry, I was. I was gonna say President Trumbull because I was thinking of the character Nurse Trumbull. Who? What? Who is Nurse Trumbull? I don't know. I'm just hoping it's a real character. <laughs> and it's something I've invented. I uh, think it's real. Maybe from Madeline? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and so the president or the sound hasn't, of music? The president hasn't bought this uh, revelation, can't commit forces to stop it. Uh, they think it's roughly in India, but they don't have the exact coordinates. And so now we're at the Taj Mahal watching um, what seems to be an engagement. And my wife was watching uh, at this point and she said, I'm not sure that that's how they do engagements in India. And maybe someone could tell us if they, if this is something that's traditionally yeah, like, done in the same in, way in, in that India, culture. Is it traditional to, you know, get down on bended knee with the ring and will you marry me? And the, you know, the style we're used to seeing in a lot of movies and that we see here. Because uh, but they've given up on that to record an alien attack on their smartphone and then take a selfie with it. Um, my assumption it's... is that in the production of the film, they never once considered whether or not that was how people in that culture uh, propose in marriage. Well, I mean, obviously, we, they didn't consider that. That's a given. I mean, I don't whether whether they whether that's traditional in India. Whether or they just not, yeah happen to be right a, in this instance, it's, it's a given they didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, what matters is is that the guy who was proposing just got pixelated and sucked up, which again I can only assume is painful and traumatic on a level that humankind cannot experience. Like like the horror stories you hear of people being conscious but paralyzed during surgery. I can only assume it's that level of horror. Anyway. We've moved into the DARPA labs where uh, the president and and the colonel, uh, and gosh, I now I feel bad because the movie has not given me enough with her well, to retain I, her name. And I so care, it's making me women. demean her as well. I care about women and their contributions, so I know that the character's name is Violet and she's played by Michelle Monaghan. Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate you being there to, to help me. 
And I appreciate Amazon X-Ray being there for me. <laughs> so so uh, Violet a, a is guy showing with Varel a robot head just walked past them. Yeah, and that robot head is another like pretty interesting kind of funky design thing. Yeah, like imagine, uh, what's it, Lando Calrissian's mate from The Empire Strikes Back, whose name I forgot, even though he features in one of my best expanded universe stories, which I guess are now classified as uh, Star Wars Legends. Uh, where's where he, X-Ray uh, when you really need it? That's what I want to know. Uh, Where's X-Ray when you really needed to tell you what Lando Calrissian's robot friend was when we saw the other robot true. go by? It that's should be predicting so... your trivia needs. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's probably there on the Empire Strikes Back version. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, he's got... Yeah, he looks like a guy from... He's so far past now that it's a waste of time us talking about him. They oh, were doing but, but, something with the pixels and gloves. Well, we're, we're watching Adam Sandler and Violet get into an argument about the uh you know about their sexual tension that is in no way earned whatsoever by any of the preceding events of the film uh, well again it's like adam sandler being best mates with the president already it just it skips the necessary character build to get us to the positions we need to be i mean how much how far are we in right now 36 I- minutes and we're already like all the chess pieces are in play already yeah, I mean, like, yeah. he breezed through getting everybody together. I mean, I'm sure I, I probably said this before, but like, I have no contact whatsoever with anybody that was in my life prior to the age of, like, 15. And it is unf- and I've done nothing. So it is unfathomable to me <laughs> that the president of the United States would maintain a relationship with this asshole. I don't know. Any I've, level. I've, I've got one friend. I've got one friend I've known since I was like 11 or 12. Um, but even then, I mean, like, consider the fact that he's in the United Kingdom and I am in the United States. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're half the fucking world apart and neither of us are the president. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler is uh, addressing the 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 SEAL team that's going to be defending the Earth. and, and Oh, yeah, intru- we're watching this film, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And he introduces Josh Gad, which launches into a, a full Metal Jacket-esque. Um, yeah. It's so funny because Josh Gad is geeky and not really badass at, or masculine, but he's doing a drill sergeant full Metal Jacket-style routine. It's really funny. It's, it's, it's super it's funny. funny because... His, he asked them if they're Magic Mike, are they going to fight or dance naked? His, it referenced a, a popular film. His biggest insult, or most frequent insult, is to compare them to women. Well, yeah, he says he says they're female maggots or whatever a female maggot is. Uh, Adam Sandler, of course, ever ready to insult a woman, suggests a magina, which isn't... It doesn't even work as a pun. I mean, whether you want to agree, it's... Uh, Adam Sandler's externalized sexism or not. Um, that's for you to decide. I never said that. I offered it up. I'm like Fox News. I just ask the questions. Um, anyway, Josh Gad has failed. It is, Adam Sandler it, it is, has... It's such a deeply offensive sequence on many levels. I mean, you've just described the entirety <laughs> of Pixels. <laughs> so Adam Sandler has drawn back 
exuberant Josh Gad to talk to them on their level because he's a real guy, damn it. He's just so real. And he's, he's a drunk. common man on the street. Adam Sandler understands us. He, is he understands drawing, what I'm thinking, the fucking Tory he's, fuck. He's drawing a value comparison between the skills that he developed in playing 30-year-old video games and these this but you know like unit full of incredibly well-trained soldiers. Well, I'll tell you what, right? I don't want to I don't want to like big myself up or anything but i gave the legend of zelda breath of the wild a 7 out of 10 and i'm not saying that tiananmen square and that whole standoff was not impressive but you know i could have offered some inspiring words if i were there <laughs> so adam sandler is now teaching the soldiers how to play pac-man and galaga Josh Gad keeps spanking the asses of the soldiers um, for no reason other than a man-on-man physical intimate contact is hilarious. Yeah, so there's nothing... It, it, it can only be a joke, obviously. Yeah. I but, laughed so hard I spunked out of my gay cock. And now we cut to a cake shop. Where the president is making a cake with the first lady. He's just throwing all them sprinkles on that cake and because making funny growly noises. This is uh, under, you know, in, in any way an appropriate thing for him to be doing under the circumstances. There was no time for him to have gotten that much cake on his face in the cut that they had there. No. It was a split second and he went from no cake on face to all cake on face. He has cake all over the face. No respect for proper continuity. Oh, 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 good. Yes, yes. Oh, good. we're moving to England now. Yes. That's a... Oh, I think I've just remembered that an actor I like is in this. I think bit, you're right. It makes me sad. I think I remember that. But it's, it's nice that now we can go to another culture and be insulting to it. Yes. Uh, it's my turn as an Englishman to be deeply offended by pixels. Don't worry. <laughs> Everyone gets a turn. <laughs> and it's Sean Bean. Yes, that's right. Sean Bean. Uh, not Sean Pertwee, who would have been more tragic for me, just because I love Sean Pertwee, but Ned Stark, the Lord of Winterfell, Sharp, Goldeneye, Silent Hill. <laughs> Sean fucking Bean is playing the no-nonsense army man who is orchestrating the defense of London because that's where the aliens are going to strike next. It's so fascinating to have the experience of like seeing Sean Bean after Silent Hill and moving into this and thinking, dear God, what a step down. <laughs> but it's huge. like. I mean, Sean Bean's such a well-respected actor. He's another one of those ones who are just like, why are you? Yeah, you're bet. You you are better than this. Oh, I mean, anyway, he was just getting a page, and her I like, but she's insufferable in this because of the performance she's supposed to be giving. Right, because she's supposed to. Oh, <sighs> bang on! Ah, uh, like... she's like you know, I spoof an 18th century aristocrat, but she basically sounds like him, like do cameo, do hardcore, like as a 
Modern Prime Minister. Oh, bang on! Royston! Bring the, yeah, me my stereotypes and my cup of tea and the Queen and John it's, Cleese, it's just who like I know. Every slang term they could think of from yeah. the British lexicon, they shoved in. Haphazardly. At least they don't give that to uh, Sean Bain. Although yeah. him just going that... Like he talks to Josh Gad and Adam Sandler and just goes, that means you two nipple twisters, which isn't funny. Well, no, but it's no, no. You need to save the dialogue that paints the character as being uh, confusing and bewildering to uh, the important male character to a woman, because that is the modus operandi of this film. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, Kevin James being humiliated on TV because they caught footage of him messing around in a cake shop. Um, thank God we don't live in a world where a president would be so embarrassing as to just mess around in a harmless cake shop. So, Do you remember really a, a few that. years ago we had a president who wore a tan suit? Thank God nothing like that happens anymore. I mean, oh my God. Blah. Sorry, I almost vomited thinking about the world being so bad. Let's enjoy the pixel. Blah. <laughs> Blah. So, so the, Blah. Uh, the U.S. military is uh, awaiting the arrival of the alien army. Which yeah, is going this to is be the Gallagher form of centipede. Centipede, centipede's coming. Now, Sean Bean, because you know, one arrogant military man in Brian Cox wasn't enough. We needed another. Sean Bean is the British one, and it's like, we don't need you. We're going to fight all of the aliens with our guns. Well, it's, I mean, your guns and your men, really. Yeah. Uh, it comes right down to it. They're all American military soldiers with American military hardware. I'm not even sure why Sean Bean's there. Uh, he's a bit of a celebrity, and he was at a big HBO show. Uh, fair enough. So... The CGI is coming, and to its credit, it's good CGI because it's well, it's stylized. It yeah. you know, it's supposed to look fake, and so it's it consistent. Works. Yes, so that works well enough. And the little mushrooms have come down, and yeah, Adam Adam Sand uh, keep ac- accidentally almost calling him Sassler. I'm sorry, Adam Sassler. Um, he's basically said, you know, it's centipede, and he's telling them how centipede works. Do not hit him in the middle or he will split into two, okay? Here I comes mean, the centipede. And these again, are not like good, high level, the kind of high level tips that I expect from this guy. I, how is it possible that all of these people have no would have no fucking clue about centipede in that way, that it would be necessary for him to bring that up? Yeah, like... Oh, oh no, I know what it is. It's because knowledge Adam- of old video games is a rare and supremely valuable trait because... This character has it. it. Yeah, this is the closest he could get to the, you know, the land of the blind and him being the one-eyed man. This was the best he could come up with, was he knows about Centipede what anyone who's played Centipede for three seconds knows about Centipede. I mean, Adam Sandler, of course, says, you know, he, he hasn't played video games since the 80s. He's, he's said that. And I don't think he's played these games since then, ever, or replayed them for the movie. And it's also kind of worth pointing out that a uh, a two-dimensional flat plane is incredibly different from a three-dimensional space. And the skills oh, probably would about translate. The movie? 
when you said a three-dimensional flat plane, I thought you were talking about Adam Sandler. I didn't. Th- I didn't thought <laughs> you were talking about centipedes. Burn, burn of the commentary track. And so now he's being all heroic, and and his the gun is of course positioned on his crotch like it's his dick. Well, yeah, I mean, he wants us to think he's got a big dick firing centipede smashing lasers. <sighs> so the Prime Minister just went from Land's End to John O'Groats and Kevin James shouted, what the hell are you saying? And she shouted, I don't know. Ha ha ha, the British are so bollocks. They, they took, they're so much bollocks. It's not even that I mind jokes at the expense of Britain. I make plenty myself. It's that... Adam Sandler doesn't get to make them. That's the issue. That's the issue with all of this film, is anyone he takes a crack at, in better hands maybe, but Adam Sandler doesn't get to do it because he's not better than anybody. Well, and, and I mean, come on. like It's not as if they're making any sort of particularly clever observation. They're saying, isn't it funny the way these people talk even though we speak the same language? Yeah. Oh, more music, more licensed music so that we know that it is good. Yes, it's time to enjoy the film. Please enjoy the film. (laughs) So Josh Gad and Adam Sandler, because they were good at video games, are also expert fucking marksmen with military hardware they've never used before and are now blasting the centipedes out of the sky. Centipedes that are behaving to no real pattern. This has lost all semblance of it being based on a video game. It's just a cool, flashy sequence. And don't get me wrong, it's cool and flashy. Yeah, but, but again, it's, it's like disorienting with... too in how it, it, yeah. it sort of cuts together. There's no real sense of space. It so there's no stakes. Yeah. There's a classic moment there where Sean Bean and Brian Cox, the two military assholes, hug each other because they're scared. Adam Sandler saves them from a centipede. It's a very and that original wasn't joke. joke. Enough, he had to point it out and say, "Okay, you can let go of each other now," just so that we know that it's funny. Top shelf comedy, Adam. So a centipede's broken free because the rules of how this movie works don't really matter. And it's rampaging through the streets. It's gone through a hotel. Um, and it's pixelating everything it touches. And it's being, and there's some women doing aerobics and an old woman doing it. And isn't it funny? She's so old, she doesn't know the centipede is behind her. And the centipede starts doing aerobics for a little bit. This is the a, most, like, this is... It's a joke. No, but but I mean it is it is the most respect shown to a female character so far in this film. <laughs> because, you know, she's Yeah. And I will say it was an okay joke. It didn't make me laugh, but it was an okay joke. Well, she has, you know, they had her dancing in a way that's just entertaining enough. It it's cute in a big way. Yeah. It's, it's, and, the, and the main joke becomes the centipede joins in. It's not... Right. The, it's it, not the really at her expense in the oblivious. same way. Yeah. And uh, now here anyway, we are at the bar, uh, celebrating yes. the victory against the, the uh, aliens. And uh, Adam Sandler is talking with violets. And, and, oh, here we go. The reason Dan Aykroyd's in the movie. Crystal, <laughs> crystal Head Vodka prominently How comes placed. the Crystal Head Vodka? Um, triple distilled. Through, through diamonds. Eight, through diamonds. Um, I've purchased and drunk 
uh, Crystal Head Vodka. You can actually get signed boxes at my uh, local liquor store because Dan Aykroyd comes through um, town here quite a lot. Um, and to be clear, we're not in any way endorsing Crystal Head Vodka. No, I wanted to say that because I, I want to go on record as saying Crystal Head Vodka is shit. I bought a glass of it because, well, <laughs> a glass, a bottle. I bought a bottle of it because it was an, in, an interesting bottle. Uh, and it's shit. It's triple distilled through bollocks. Anyway, we just got a bit of, um, what was it, Fantasy Island? Yeah, a little Fantasy Island. Alien and, and the aliens have sent a trophy, which is the duck hunt dog. And it goes to visit the little old lady. So we get to see her again. She gets to be cute again. Yeah. The dog licks her face. It and kills then, me, um, though. <laughs> yeah. And the plane, the plane guy. Tattoo. Uh, I've never seen Fantasy Island, so that's all I know about. And it's Ricardo Montalban, uh, of course. Um, uh, yeah, no, I. While while we did get another quick shot of the Crystal Head vodka uh, bottle, I did want to say it's uh, terrible. It, it it is both terrible. You know what's better than the Crystal Head vodka is the twenty minute promo video Dan Aykroyd did for it. You can find it on YouTube. Oh, do yes, watch it. Fantastic. It's very good. He, he, Dan Aykroyd's an interesting man. Let's just leave it at that. Yes, yes, he is. And and I'm not I'm not making fun of him. In any way, shape, or form, you draw your own conclusions from that video. It is fascinating. <laughs> uh, and now we have the president and Violet and Adam Sandler showing up in prison to go find the fire blaster. Uh, of course, Peter Dinklage triumphant return to the film that's a great mullet yeah he's mulleted up got himself a beard and he's all hey i'm peter dinklage he calls him sub second place and then calls kevin james president so that you know that he is fat well, he's, a, he's, you know, uh, a bad boy. He's rough around he the edges. So bad. He doesn't take he'll, shit from no one. He'll disrespect the prayers. And then he calls uh, the Colonel Sugar Buns. Because, again, a woman was in the scene. So yes. you can't waste an opportunity to demean them. Um, he says totally tubular, just to show you how dated Dinklage's character is. And and it's, it's, it's precisely the same response that he has to being called out for having made up his own nickname back in 1982. So, you know, yeah. because, just in case you hadn't figured out it was the same character, we can replay the scene to reinforce that nothing has changed with them. Well, the kind of people who would willingly pay to watch this, like me... Are stupid. <laughs> so, you know, we need everything explained and re explained and reinforced into our thick, stupid heads. I mean, the movie does a good job of reinforcing the idea that it should never be watched, but here I am for the third fucking time. And time to get another drink. So, Peter Dinklage is uh, looking over the terms that he's being offered in order to join <laughs> the team, and he has his own demands. And he, these he wants an island. I think uh, this is actually not this. This is a good sequence up to a point, I guess. Yeah, he asks for an island, which he will call Edouard. Uh, he he um, says he wants to never pay taxes like ever, and does this great bit with uh, you know having his own card that he shows up and says you know I don't have to pay taxes on this gum. Uh, he's doing it right now, and. I love that, and he delivers it so straight. And yeah. I mean, I like 
What makes it work is the fact that he isn't asking for things for free. He's just asking for the sales tax to not be paid on it. Right. Like, that is an actual clever joke in terms of a petty demand. But then, you know... And then it carries on, and it's Serena Williams and Martha Stewart in the Lincoln bedroom and a helicopter, and... It's like, if he just left it at pardon and sales tax... I think that would be fun. But no, it has to set up one of the more uncomfortable and awkward jokes that runs through the film. Yeah. And we're still talking about the Martha and Serena sandwich. Yes. Yes. Still talking about that. And uh, Adam Sandler there shaking his head only slightly to show the slightest amount of disapproval for these terrible demands when we all know that Adam Sandler was just writing his own fantasy list. Well, again, okay, you know what? I was wrong. There are two points in this film where Adam Sandler actually does act. Yeah. It's when he shakes his head in seeming disapproval. (laughs) All right, it is nighttime in New York City. It was probably because Peter Dinklage was out performing him. And it's like, (laughs) as as few fucks as Adam Sandler still give... He still doesn't like being out upstaged. He won't <laughs> up his game. He just hates that people won't lower theirs to his. So Adam Sandler, Josh Gad, and Peter Dinklage are being cheered on by police and firefighters. And and they've got one up on their shoulders. How cute. They're in uniform now with some sort of... Oh, yeah, they're now called Arcaders. Yes, you know, but they're surrounded and being celebrated by people who are all far more likely to actually be heroes. Uh, and we see Nick Swartzen here as a, a cop. Again, another person that I love who it's just, it's so sad to me that they're in this. Uh, yeah. Now, again, here's the game violating its own rules. Pac-Man is now attacking the city. Not the bad guys from arcade games. The protagonist from an arcade game. And... The Arcaders, Adam Sandler and his fucking mates, have all been given coloured cars why, to represent the ghosts. Why do you think you would do that in a film like this, Jim? Now, I don't know much about how lucrative a, uh, a sponsorship with a car dealership and firm, you know, car manufacturer might be. Uh, how much money do you reckon that'd be worth? I mean, a fair chunk, right? Oh yeah, I I I would think that uh, car man because especially I mean, yeah, assuming I mean, that you can properly integrate it into the story into a way that makes it really significant and central to the events of the plot, so it gets a lot of on-screen time, a lot of on-screen airtime, and, and of mean, course, it always looks really cool. Yeah, you could argue narratively that it would have made more sense to have had them all in a Voltron-like Pac-Man machine fighting off giant pixelated ghosts that are rampaging through the city. Um, But financially, though, I mean, mm, on the one hand, narratively, on the other hand, but financially, though. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I mean, look look at that comfortable interior. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I'm looking at the steering wheel right now. Yeah, that, that Mini Cooper is a fine automobile. Yeah. And and, and Adam Sandler just creepily told um, the colonel, Michelle Monaghan, that she smelled good. But honestly, I just think that the Mini Cooper's 
um, ever fresh smell. Yeah, yeah, um, I missed it. I mean, it they I talk was so about focused. new car smell. I was so focused. They talk about yeah. new car smell, mm. but honestly. Their old car smell is new car smell. I mean, yeah, it, it, that's the great thing about the Mini Cooper is that it's 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 always new car smell all the time. It, it never fades. It always feels new and fresh because that's the kind of joy and excitement that you get out of uh, the driving experience that only the Mini Cooper can provide. Mini Cooper major lifestyle enhancement. And- so Adam Sandler... Uh, expresses disbelief that Pac-Man's a bad guy. And we all do because this breaks the entire rules of the film. <laughs> but God damn. I mean, in all colors, the Mini Cooper looks so good. And again, it's, it is in fairness, it's hard to imagine doing a film that does um, retro arcade games and not include Pac-Man. Yeah. So here's the scene everyone knows from the trailer. Although, if I recall correctly, the um, the trailer version was different from the eventual movie version. Um, but there we go. But does um, he, does... Oh, uh, looking at Amazon X-Ray, though, it does say, in The Wedding Ringer 2015, Josh Gad says Pac-Man was his favourite superhero. In this film, he has to fight Pac-Man. So there's a fucking fact for you at this time. Wow. What a, what a shocking and horrible turn yes. of events that must have been for Josh Gad. So um, Pac-Man's creator is coming up to to reason with the giant pixelated CGI Pac-Man, and and I feel I, I feel kind of just strange about this in general because they did put in the actual creator of Pac-Man in the opening sequence of the film. He's working on a machine, and I thought that that was you know a really kind of respectful thing. And then they create this character that's supposed to be that guy, and this is what they do with it yeah so he oh i hate that line that poke pinocchio there's some serious yeah. pinocchio geppetto shit says those, adam sandler yeah for those who aren't watching the film god bless you yes um pac-man bit off the pac-man creator's arm and he was like oh kill this fucking shit he doesn't say that they keep it pg so the kids can get in it's more money in it um, and because that wasn't funny enough in Adam Sandler's minds that Pac-Man bit his own creator's arm, Adam Sandler in the stupidest voice goes, that was some twisted Pinocchio Geppetto shit right there. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate Adam Sandler. Conrad, you're going to have to keep talking for a moment. Just describe the film. Well, I need to get some more water. I mean, it's a car so chase. I'll be back in a we second. have, uh... Uh, Pac-Man wrecking shit all over and uh, Josh Gad and Adam Sandler and uh, Peter Dinklage the only three left with cars and it's uh, it's it's them driving around it's not that interesting but here now we're going to see the ghost representing Peter Dinklage on the monitoring system that they're using to track their movements suddenly moved around really fast. And that's like a significant plot point that uh, if you weren't paying attention, goes by very quickly and uh, and is the sort of thing that's that's really kind of confusing that you want to focus a little more attention on maybe. Because uh, this movie's boring as fuck, and you've locked us into a car chase sequence that's not that interesting, and you didn't provide the requisite classic music 
because you're saving it. Like an asshole. Uh, it's, it's still more driving, though. On, on we go, Pac-Man's cruising around, and, oh, okay, so now we're gonna, we're gonna get our first, uh, power pellet here, and, oh, God, def- breaking the logic of, uh, the movie again, now all of the Mini Coopers have turned blue. I don't know why that happens, other than, oh, yeah, it happens in Pac-Man. But uh, they have 10 seconds to run, and Josh Gad is p- pretty much fucked here. Um, it's a, this is a pretty good little escapey bit. It's fairly well executed where you get to see them uh, chomping away the back I'm of Josh Gad's vehicle. Are we back? Did you make it back? Oh, my heavens. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to leave you for so long. I went for a cheeky wee-wee as well. Yeah. I did a, a piss. Pee-pee. <laughs> All right. So what's happened is uh, Pac-Man is eating Josh Gad's car, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and now you know we're gonna. He, it looks things look real bad for Josh Gad, and he's he's running from Pac-Man, who's bearing down on him. But uh, you know, I, I, um, I've got an Amazon X-ray fact for this scene. Oh yeah, Ref- references Pac-Man. Oh, one of the arcade invaders. Just Amazon. To, just to let you know. Uh, Peter Dinklage has shown up again to save the day for Josh Gad, and then a uh, classic pratfall from the Gadster. Yeah, he falls over because, you know, so wiped out from what's happened. Such it's, a shocking... It's taken its toll. It's taken its toll. He's wiped out. So, they've won again. Uh, well, and there's then still Pat one Man's more life back. left, but Adam Sandler has had to acknowledge the skills of Peter Dinklage. Um... Because it's twice now Peter Dinklage has pulled it out in the clutch and saved the team. Yeah, and they're just leaving Josh Gad there, as he points out hilariously. So, they're getting ready to take out uh, Pac-Man again. Yep, but, oh no! Pac-Man takes a corner, and uh, Peter Dinklage goes flying off into the river. So, he's out of the racing at this point and it's just it, down it, to Adam Sandler it's down to Adam Sandler because he's the best person at everything right well even when he comes in second place ultimately he's still going to be the last man standing yeah because he's the most important person in the world the fate of the world is in his schlubby hands right now his his white middle class suburbanite backgrounded hands they're all that are holding the world intact right now. As Pac-Man so, eats another power pellet and he starts driving in reverse into a parking structure. And because he knows Pac-Man so well, he's counting down how long the power pill will last. It also helps that they specifically said he's got 10 seconds so that the audience would know that. And so yeah. he's counting down to 10 as he... Backs out, and I mean, as these things he, go, he's so good at it though. As these things go, it's a pretty good shot. I mean, that Mini Cooper looks fantastic, transforming colors and the exploding I mean, Pac-Man around it. What a car! Honestly, the way it took that turn just then and made the perfect stop. Well, it has phenomenal cornering. It can stop on a dime. It's it, really a fine vehicle. You can't do better than a Mini Cooper. Honestly, I mean, and this is my advice to any 
you know any young people watching you know maybe you've uh you've just left college you're looking to strike out be independent there's nothing i like more than uh a glass or two of crystal head vodka and then a ride in my mini cooper around town <laughs> and i suggest you all listening at home do the same crystal head vodka and mini coopers it's a marriage made in heaven <laughs> it's my personal wait wait wait, wait a second we we may want to be careful about encouraging the combination of crystal head vodka and motor vehicles now we're having a fun like, goof here people it's like i always say about my my personal sponsorship um the crystal cooper deal as i call that um our tagline is what could go wrong <laughs> And uh, now Cubert has been introduced. Cubert is a trophy for them now. And and God, I it this is an incredibly naive and and uh, and bright picture of our society that they don't immediately Guantanamo Cubert. Um, and of course, the the wonderfully talented uh, Robert Smigel here as the. Uh, sort of smarmy reporter that's trying to point out that, hey, the president's still a fucking idiot. Uh, just because, you know, they've had this success, he hasn't stopped being an idiot. And Well, here's the thing. And this is the thing that those liberal arts students and these millennials who are all exactly 15 years of age, right, will try and tell you is that, you know, the media's to be trusted, but as this movie sets it right... At last, fuck the media. Clearly, you know, they're all wrong. They're mockish they're sycophants. You know, really, just all only looking for a winner. You know where I get my news? White House press briefings. They tell me all I need to know. <laughs> and Brian Cox here, lamenting what's going on. Oh, 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 oh! Hang on, we had another woman's yeah. voice come in there. Had a to woman, yell at that. Um, Brian Cox's husband asking what's up, and he yelled at if she could shut her fucking mouth. Um, and now Adam Sander is learning about new video games, and I believe this is The Last of Us being played. Um, some more product placements. Um, probably a little safer bet uh, with Sony for this one than when they were product placing in House of Cards. That one didn't work out too well for them. Hopefully for them... It works out better with their long-standing Pixels contribution. Yeah, but th- here we go. We get another example of the, the Adam Sandler character not, uh, you know, just, just sort of looking down on where games have gone in a way that is really yeah. just kind of insulting. And I mean, I love all of these games that this character purports to love. I guarantee somewhere, somewhere on a personal Facebook page, maybe in public, I don't know, he shared some article about how millennials have killed something. Oh, I'm sure. Like, he knows nothing about modern video games. He said as much in interviews. To me, it it comes off not even as a criticism of modern video games, but him just literally lamenting the modern world and media and, and things he doesn't understand. Yes, I, I, I feel that way 100%. And, and it's represented as, you know, Cuba quivering with fear at the sight of The Last of Us, 
which I think to me is really the subconscious of Adam Sandler speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Is this old arcade character terrified of new things? That's a really great observation. I'm, I'm full of them. I'll be full of a lot more stuff as well before this is through. Uh, Adam Sandler's now asking Violet out on uh, a date to accompany him to some ball that's being held in the arcader's honor. And, oh, she's win- he's winning her over with his roguish charm. Oh, and I do believe your favorite scene is about to come up. I may just sit back and let you take the full lead on this one because I know uh, you really... This is really this is just really it. something special. So we're in the ballroom here at the event, and we have President James and and God, I love I love um, his wife, the the first lady. Uh, it's Jane Krakowski, phenomenal comic actress, utterly wasted in this film, and they're entering into the room and meeting up with her buddy Adam Sandler, and uh, and in this scene here now we're. Oh, well, first we yes, we get to enjoy uh, Peter Dinklage being an incredible sleaze towards uh, towards Serena Williams, who has apparently consented uh, to be the one to go on this evening with him as part of the deal. And now we have the first lady talking about Violet with the president and Adam Sandler. And and they, they, they paint her as a kind of insecure woman or at least Kevin James has the sense that she's very insecure about herself and how Kevin James feels about her because he's trying to defend finding Violet attractive or you know or stating that Violet's attractive yes and so ha, ha, ha. when she steps into the room it literally he does the thing where he stops cold and completely in front of his wife just like does practically does the cartoon wolf thing, and it's it is I, I you know I keep I don't I, yeah. I hate beating this dead horse, but l- literally and I mean and and it's not just women that it's done to really just about any minority opportunity to insult with the exception of little people. They do not take opportunities to take stabs because Peter Dinklage is in this film, nor do I think he would stand for it if they did. No. Um, but that's the exception. But of course, um, the, the instant attitude change of Adam Sandler when he sees Michelle Monaghan in the dress. Um, now he likes her. Yeah, now he likes her. And now he likes her because she is her figure is more exposed for his pleasure. Well, and and she is she is now dressing to be attractive. Yes. And and whereas before she was perhaps dressing to meet a image related to her work or or, or whatever, you know, yeah. it certainly now, wasn't this glamorized fantasy that she has now become. My guess is we are supposed to think that um, romance is happening. Um, But my read is she's turned up um, and now he is serious about fucking her. So he's being nice. Right. Yeah, he is. He is now. He's looking at and he's thinking, oh, damn. 
okay, I really probably ought to take a shot at this. She's yeah. clearly desperate in her situation. I he, think I can get in here eyes. if I just be a little supportive. He's He talks about her beautiful eyes and is in complimenting her while insulting his previous lover. Yes. Um, and, and points it out. She's, you know, oh, uh, did you compliment my beautiful eyes and he says yes while insulting while insulting know, the, the other woman whatever, the other woman yeah and um i mean it's a game again, he's playing with her he's been nagging her <laughs> this whole time and now now that she's appeared in a form that that he desires uh yeah and now peter dinklage being ever more a sleaze with uh serena williams um, and and trying to because claim... they've really wanted to carry that on the, the the Peter Dinklage with Serena Williams joke was so fucking funny it needed to continue a lot and it's I mean we say there are no little people jokes in this but, but you know, yeah it's... I mean in fairness as I'm looking at this situation it's, ha, now ha, Peter Dinklage and Serena Williams isn't that funny that that's the joke of of the running gag I. I wanted With to Martha give that Stewart the benefit in, of the doubt, but I think you're absolutely Martha right. Just because Martha Stewart is like an ancient comedy go-to. Yeah. And uh, more, uh, more, we're believing that uh, Adam Sandler has suddenly become a sensitive and forthright individual due to the transformation of being able to see her bare shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her, bare, her bare shoulders exposed for his pleasure. And yeah, I mean, honestly, like it's kind of creepy, like looking back on this now, especially commenting it on it together and seeing it with the subtitles. It's like the sudden transformation now that she's all like, you know, done up for a ball. He goes from the biggest asshole to suddenly, oh, I'm opening up about my feelings and I have history and I'm sensitive. I'm a vulnerable I, man who, yeah. who, who needs the love and care of a good woman. And it's like, clearly it wasn't written that way, but it, it just says so much that that's exactly how it comes off. Yeah, and the, it's exactly what it is. The execution the whole way through leads it directly to that place. And, oh, and, kids were going to say fuckers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And because this was so clever, it's worth doing a third time. So here's, you know, stars from the 80s doing the messages from aliens again. And while I would like to complain about the repetition, when it's, like, the best idea that the film has had, like, the best original idea that the film has contributed... Uh, because you know we have to be honest like uh, probably and the, the best to the, idea the singing is singing of she's gone was pretty well done well and and you know probably the best idea is retro video game characters attack a city but they made that short film and then they optioned it for this piece of sh- of shit it's yeah uh so that's not their idea the best they came up with was talking 80s stars <laughs> So we're out on the balcony and Violet's son is confronting Peter Dinklage about his sunglasses, which contained the cheat codes for arcade games etched into the lenses. Now, he used these cheat codes despite the fact that the arcade machines back in the day didn't have cheat codes. 
And despite the fact that using cheat codes written on your glasses is impossible inside a car, even if it is the elegant and priced-to-own Mini Cooper. Let alone in putting uh, such commands into machines where the only input is a four-directional stick and up to, like, six buttons. And you've got fucking, you know, advanced Einstein-like theorems written inside these glasses. It's like there's no way that would work on an arcade machine. Those cheats don't exist. Peter Dinklage can't zip around town that fast in a car. It would pull his skin from his bones. So it's, Yeah, it's just it's all... such a mess. Yes. I really want to throw something. Like, uh, I really do. And the and aliens are commencing their attack, having accused Earth of cheating because, well, they did. Because Peter and then here comes did it. The boy gets sucked up screaming and screeching as he's rent into pieces. Oh, just in time for his mother to see him go. Well, now she'll definitely be vulnerable and interested in hopping in the sack, Adam. I mean, it's the perfect time. Perfect time for Adam to move in. Well, you know, they're they're working the comfort angle now with Adam and and Josh Gad and Violet. Well, he's he's told Josh he can watch. Yeah. And Cubert is there. And and again, this is one of those just... Cubert's there as backup, because if Adam is getting none tonight, then Cuba is ready. Yeah, well, now now it's time for us to have the idea that, holy shit, we have this character here that could give us all sorts of information about our enemy. Maybe well, we should ask them. He says that when they first meet Cuba, but then they say nothing about it. They, yeah, they don't address it further until it's at this point. Also, Cubit is completely ruined at this point because it starts talking in that horrible, mawkish, squeaky voice when it was a lot better when it was just, like, quiet. It's, you know, how fucking ignorant are these people that Cubert has learned so much more about the culture of this planet in the time that he's been here than they have learned about his? Well, really, maybe that's what Pixels was trying to say all along. (laughs) But we as people need to broaden our horizons man like come on we need some more mindfulness right yeah oh shit so it's time for the full out attack thank god that means we're close to the climax yes also full of anachronisms the aliens base their appearance i'm reading this off x-ray they base all of their stuff off of game footage from the year 1982, but several of the games here come from Tetris, Arkanoid, and Paperboy, which is 86, 86, and 84. So I mean, this is not the first such inaccuracy. The opening sequence of the film in the arcade has numerous machines that weren't available in 1982 as well. Uh, Fuck but this movie. It's fucking... I hate it. But here is where it just goes completely, you know... Your favourite bit's coming up. Your your other favourite bit's coming up very soon. Uh, so again, taken from the sh- original short film, the Tetris blocks landing on real buildings to destroy them. Very clever. And and, and it, pretty well executed there. It looks and good. And this, this, this is all shot fairly well enough. Yeah. You know, it's... Well, it's, it's typical disaster movie beats. Yeah, but with the added bonus of, you know, Gallagher monsters and Frogger and everything, it's cute and, and works and is not their idea. No, but... <laughs> but their execution isn't terrible. It doesn't feel like a waste of time in amongst this other tremendous waste of time. Yeah, 
Yeah, if a lot more of the film was like this, it would have been better, you know? I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that, because there's probably an upward limit on how long you can maintain attention span with this crap. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, like, have the whole movie be like this, but if the movie was a lot more focused on, you know, video game-based alien attacks rather than... Yeah. No, I agree with that. Whatever Adam Sandler's problem was that year. Yeah, and, and trying to get laid and... Yeah. And whatever this is with Josh Gad and Adam Sandler and 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 Adam Sandler's discomfort oh, yeah, more, with male affection. More, more uh, hilarious male-on-male intimacy from Josh Gad, who uh, is, you know, firmly established as being... Obs- oh, yeah, there's a Smurf. Yeah, no, well, this was the big Smurf. trailer beat. And I think they changed this from the original trailer and made it worse. Like, they took some of the sting out of this line here? Yeah, there was something different in the trailer. I can't remember what it was now. Does X-Ray have it? No, it just tells me that Josh Gad plays Ludlow at the moment. He sure uh, does. There's Mario there chasing someone, another good guy who's just attacking for no reason. Well, the aliens don't understand what the games are about, Jim. I guess. Now, are these supposed to be mini ninjas? Is this product placement? Um, I don't know. I think maybe... Uh, oh, oh, hang on. The Biddy Bandits, the little purple ninjas attacking the bus, and Lady Lisa are all from the new retro-style video game Dojo Quest, created as a tie-in for the movie. Okay. So those ninjas and this woman... So are all from it was important that they game. get that level of prominence. Right. Yes. Got it. And also, for no good reason other than, you know, the audience's viewing pleasure, the one enemy alien to look exactly like a human is the sexy female warrior that Josh Gad's character has been in love with. So she's played by a human actress. She's not a pixelated version of herself. Appearing now in a form uh, that Josh Gad wouldn't even really recognize necessarily if he hadn't watched her make that transition. not really. He'd just be like, who is this woman? Yes. Who is this gorgeous He's in love with woman? the pixelated version. So not, oh, your favorite bit. Yep, here, here it is. Oh, Matt Frewer reprising his role as Max Hedrum for this dog shit. And look, I love Matt Frewer. And uh, I have always been very supportive of him taking whatever paycheck he can get. Uh, because he makes a lot of other really cool and interesting projects and, and short films that he appears in and other neat stuff. So it's important to me that he has a good career. Yeah. But not this. Uh, but not Pixels this is the first time Matt Frewer's character was ever fully CGI. That's true. Uh, the first time it wasn't just him in prosthetics. So there's a. I mean, a even they, they even brought him back to uh, when Britain was doing the HD transition. Uh, yeah, they brought the yeah. Max Hedrum back, uh, Max Hedrum character back for some promotional spots to inform people of that change, and even then they went back to prosthetics. They did an older Max. It was really entertaining, uh, and and then this just feels like a further injustice to it. I guess. <laughs> uh, Josh Gad is now at the mercy of Lady Lisa, and but he's opening his heart to her and refusing to fight. Fucking hate this film. And of course, this 
persuades the enemy. It makes no sense. As, I mean, she's now in love with him. Yeah, I mean that's because I, he I said, that, "Oh, if you need to kill me, kill me." And now the alien is in romantic love with Josh Gad. And the thing, like, it's a step too far beyond for me because I can get behind Cubert, you know, having a, a revelation that, hey, wait a minute, these people are not the monsters that we thought they were. But that's yeah. one thing. This is a whole other deeply unsettling and creepy. Uh, and again, it speaks to the rest of the laziness of the film about how, you know, Pixels wants certain characters in certain places, so just puts them there. You know, Adam Sandler's character needs to be at the White House, so he's just there. She needs to be the love interest for Josh Gad, so she's just there. And Peter Dinklage and, is, of course, back now with the team yeah. having decided Angry that to... he couldn't get a handshake from Serena Williams because we need to remember it. Uh, and Adam Sandler, Chewie, Cubert, uh, and Violet are all in the alien ship, which... Uh, they they haven't figured out. Oh, thank God the film's nearly over. Yeah, they haven't figured out what it is yet, despite the fact that they're standing on a big red girder and a blue barrel. And oh yeah, it was the thing that was at the end of their championship, so it would stand to reason in the aliens' mind that Donkey Kong is the boss. But thankfully, it doesn't take them too long to get there. And it's a pretty good looking Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pauline from Donkey Kong is the mayor in New Donk City and Super Mario Odyssey. It's uh, it's awesome. That sounds like way more fun than Pixels. It, it's so good. Yeah. Um, playing Xenoblade Chronicles too, though, at the moment. That's quite. It's more fun than this. Um, I mean, I hate what I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong's throwing barrels down. We're back outside in the city. The, there's still lots of CGI. I like the big Robotron robots. They make me yeah. happy. There's a guy from Joust running about. Uh, the Burger Time egg there. Classy. Yeah. Chef. The the Joust birds, I'm not that into. Why are they not flying? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's true. Um, my guess is because nobody who worked on this really knew what the games were. <laughs> <laughs> and Donkey they watched Kong King of and, Kong. Okay, why is she King doing? Kong why is Violet doing full front flips? Uh, because for the movie, you know, she jumps off the ladder there because movie. <sighs> so they're climbing up a you know 3D real world version of the famous Donkey Kong stage. I mean, she, up ladders, she manages a barrels. team of researchers, and I, you know, I'm sure that. You know, obviously, to enter the military, there was probably some form of uh, basic training, physical, you know, preparedness stuff going on there. But for crying out loud, she's not a ninja. Well, the movie, you know. Uh-huh. You have, you've just given up, and you like you see the light at the end of this incredibly <laughs> bleak tunnel, and you're thinking to yourself, if we could just survive the next ten minutes. It's, it's all going to be okay. It's not even Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving anymore. Why are we? What are we going to do next? Near almost probably missed Thanksgiving. Like this again? 
it's there's got well, maybe I, we should just do it to a commentary every year. I mean, I think we have a year to come up with a new idea when we both know that, like, a week after Thanksgiving or a few days after Thanksgiving, we'll record an episode <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, we've got to do this fucking thing again. So it's we will rock you again. Let's go for that modern approach. Speaking of, of reprisals, make a good scene. Let's get the soundtrack back in. Uh, it's. It reminds us, yeah, I mean, it all comes full circle, albeit in a very convoluted and, and most importantly, unfunny way. And, well, it's it's Adam Sandler now redeeming himself for an entire More life of thinking that he was a failure when he was a real success the whole time. The success yes. was in him. He got over that traumatic thing of only being second place in a giant fucking tournament. Good for him. What a character arc. It's 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 just so nice to see such developed characters uh, go through a rich and complex transition. And, and it, I mean, it teaches us something a little bit about ourselves, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, Pixels is about an arrogant fucking prick who gets what he wants. And again, if you a think Danny about McBride it, comedy without the irony. I mean, it's pretty much just like real life, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much just like real life. Oh, there's Paperboy got shot down. The last stand between uh, Peter Dinklage, Josh Gad, and Lady inexplicable Lisa. real life alien turncoat, who's an actual turncoat, yeah. even though Max Hedrum calls Cubert the traitor, who was there given to them as a trophy. Yeah, they did that to themselves. Why are you giving over prisoners? This whole movie is fucked. It is pretty much dog shit. And, and Adam Sandler threw a hammer at Donkey Kong. and Because, again, that's raining. how Donkey Kong ends. I, I, I didn't and do my little rant oh yeah, oh at the beginning yeah. of the movie about how the, and the game over screen of Donkey Kong is not the game over screen. It was the victory animation for I'm one of the stage him. types. I didn't get into that this time. I'm doing it now because that's wrong and this isn't right either. It's dark. Oh. The existence of this movie is dark and blasphemous. Uh, and you know that Obama's still my guy, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that fucking line. Yep. Peter Dinklage celebrating the victory. Josh Gad celebrating the, the victory. And then, in the moment of dramatic irony that we're supposed to feel an emotional, like, reaction to. Lady Lisa, the video game character Josh Gad's been in love with since he was a child. But has, has just met. Has pixelated away. Yep, and she's been sucked away because she was part of the alien invasion force. Not a trophy like Cuba. And so Not a trophy And so we're like supposed Cuba, to feel emotionally. Even though the what we should really feel is, like, Comfort, an end to the discomfort of that relationship existing. Yes, because that would be weird and odd, and I couldn't see it working. She's an alien who fell in love with him for no reason. That isn't a stable basis for a relationship, my friend. And, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about the nature of... So we're just going to... I mean, let's be honest, okay? Look, uh... 
Peter Dinklage has to acknowledge to Adam Sandler that he's the best. They're all going to have a little quick speech, do an award, and then uh, Peter Dinklage is going to find out that Serena Williams and Martha Stewart are waiting for him in the uh, Lincoln bedroom, Adam Sandler and Violet Kiss. Okay, I really want to uh, just get out ahead in addressing the Josh Gad uh, relationship thing and what's happening here is they're acknowledging that his true love has gone away. Uh, Because I don't know a whole lot about this species of aliens, right? We're not told a tremendous amount about them. No, uh, no. We know that they're energy-based, uh, but it's unclear whether or not they have uh, one consciousness or many consciousnesses. It's suggested that they are, be- that they have many consciousnesses, because it's specifically the Max Headroom conversation where he calls Kubert a traitor, implying that they have yeah. some kind of choice yeah. in any of this. And so it, it needs to be made clear that then if that's the case, this Lady Lisa is not likely to be the same Lady Lisa as before. It is Cubert. Yes. Um, for those watching the movie, or indeed for those who haven't watched the movie, um, what just happened is Cubert was crying because Josh Gad was sad that the Lady Lisa video game character pixelated away. And then through some sort of weird, unwilling metamorphosis... It does seem to like make Hubert uncomfortable. Yeah. And turned into Lady Lisa, who Josh Gad immediately kissed, even though it's a transformed Cubert. And and we... I, I mean, apart from... And again, let's point out that Cubert was given to Earth as a trophy. That is... A, yes, I mean that. I mean that's the immediate takeaway, right? I think you pointed that out last. We time. We did, but here's the other aspect to it that I'm only now realizing. They didn't license many songs for this, did they? Sorry, just talking about the again. Yeah, we're, yeah we're repeating Survivor because it's you know got to come full circle again. Uh, and you got to save as much money as oh, here we are. Waving at Serena Peter Williams in the bedroom, and here and comes Martha, Martha Stewart, Stewart with, with a sandwich. sandwich. Wow, that they is... are ready. To have a threesome fuck with Peter Dinklage, everybody. And here we have everybody. Two Peter Dinklage is gonna women fuck in our society. Yeah, they're gonna fuck in the Lincoln bedroom while the aliens float away. But no, so and, and the creator of Pac-Man gets, gets his, his fucking hand back. hand back. Good for him. Hooray! Okay, so, okay, so this Cubert thing, shit. right? I'm, I'm still, I'm still on this, right? Because hurry up though, because I'm about to go off on one about the credit sequence. Okay, all right. Well, so the the Cubert relationship here, uh, which we're gonna see a year later, there's a whole bunch of Cubert babies that Josh Gad has apparently uh, been involved in the production of. But uh, Josh Gad hasn't spent any time with Cubert in this film except for that scene in the kitchen that we're aware of. If anybody was going to be fucking Cubert, it should have been Adam Sandler. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, we talked about this before, and I'm going to talk about it again. The entire movie now plays out in a sort of NES 8-bit style form, like an animation, during the credit sequence, talk we're talking right from the flashback to the end of the movie. I'd like to note we're that Serena Williams and and uh, Martha Stewart are credited as themselves, and I there's a part of me that thinks that they wish they hadn't credited them themselves <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, 
So we're actually seeing. I mean, every single moment of yeah, the every, movie every is being scene, played. Well, back every scene in an of the film that isn't just Adam Sandler talking to the woman because you'll yeah. notice here that she is pretty much excised out of all of the events it is nothing to do <laughs> with their relationship now it's all of the cool things adam sandler did but it's like everything from him meeting josh gad and kicking him out of the van to the proposal in india and the attack and what insults me about it is they're basically saying our movie is so simplistic and bullshit. We can sum it up in a silent animation before the credits even wrap up. But we made you sit through a whole fucking film. Yep. Fuck you. I'm Adam Sandler. I made my money from so much product placement and you can suck my Sandler Like these, these lovely Mini Coopers. There's no finer vehicle. These beautiful, even rendered in an NES style from a top-down perspective, that's the car I'd like to drive. If a Mini Cooper looked like that, I would drive it. I mean, just look at that handling. Jesus Christ, what a great car. And a superb finish. Mmm. Now let's talk more about that Crystal Head vodka that you're going to want to drink lots of before you get into that beautiful brand new Mini Cooper. I've run out of alcohol. I'm going to have to hit some other okay, stuff. Okay, and, and uh, Josh Gad here in this pixel style really looks more like Larry King, if I'm honest. <laughs> and that might have been better casting. <laughs> Honestly, pixels would have been about a hundred times better if Larry King... <laughs> if Larry King had played Josh Gad's character. <laughs> oh, and now he's... Yep. Save the and girl. Steve and Steve Buscemi had played King Kong at the end. <sighs> and there we are. We we just watched it again. Are, it's been like a minute or two, and we are already at a pixelated version of Martha Stewart and Serena Williams proposing to the you know their threesome to Peter Dinklage, and then the aliens are leaving, and it was all wrapped up in a little computer generate you know pixely animation complete with pac-man creator getting his hand back right at the end there he gets it back and then the rest of the credits roll the credits hadn't even finished and they were able to tell the entire story because that's how little fucking happens game on turn it up turn it up turn my dick around until it falls off in your fucking hand <laughs> i'm just I'm just glad it's over. So, Conrad, did you like Pixels or not? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So what are we doing next time, Chip? I don't fucking know. (laughs) I didn't even know we were doing this today. That's why we were even doing a commentary. We were thinking on our feet. (laughs) Um, Fuck. What what is out? What has happened? Um... Oh. Okay, well, I, okay, for the first... I mean, it's, it'll, how close to Christmas is it going to be? Um, well, the next episode would come out on the 19th, so just a little, just so about we, a week before. we could classify it as a Christmas special. I mean, yeah. that'd be a good time to do The Wizard, right? Ooh. Ooh. We want to treat ourselves for Christmas and do The Wizard? Yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds delightful. 
We'll do the wizards. And, I mean, and I have this I'm... horrifying sense that we're gonna like look back on this and be disappointed. <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, I'm I'm in no position to make any decisions about. I've still got to do video work today, man. <laughs> And you've been Dude, drinking I'm for the trashed. last two hours. Solid. I'm trashed. <laughs> like, the video... No, the video will end up coming up after this, but if people don't know what's going on, there's going to be a very uncomfortable video coming if I am if I can even do it now. <laughs> the credits are still going. Might as well talk through the credits. Um, where's my water? I need to hydrate. Um... This would have cost a little bit. I learned that in film studies class when I was in college, Conrad Zimmerman. <laughs> um, I learned that credits overlaid over anything is going to be a significant cost to a movie budget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of it's money goes into the only thing credits. I remember from... I dropped film studies. I couldn't be bothered. You know. Sure. I've got a C and a D, A-levels in performing arts. No use to me, but uh, I didn't really pay attention in college, and then I figured I could do well without university, and then got extremely fucking lucky. Yeah. Yeah, you sure did. Oh, they've had to credit uh, Hannah and Barbera for the Smurfs theme there in the end credits. Wait, hang on. They they credited Hannah Barbera for that? I, well, it said Joseph Hannah and what's his face, Barbera. Well, that's interesting because, like, Smurfs is a payo property, I thought, but. Maybe for the cartoon, they came up with the na 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 na. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. That was like, like much like in, in Pixels, where they had, like, one original contribution in the form of the uh, aliens speaking in uh, the appearance of 80s celebrities. Uh, celebrities. The one good contribution Hanna-Barbera brought to the Smurfs was the theme song. Fuck them. Fuck them. I've got a long-running problem with Hanna-Barbera, but there aren't enough credits. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that. we'd have to dedicate you know. a whole hour, and I'm right there with you, my friend. <laughs> them and Disney. You know my problems with Hanna-Barbera, those hacks. Fucking hacks. Oh, thank God we're at the Sony logo. <laughs> the pain is coming Be moved. to an end. Be moved, it says. Be moved from your theatre seats and get out long before you're at this point. Be moved by what? Precisely. In Bowel exercise. movements are the only movements I can think of that could be even vaguely associated with pixels. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's the movie done. We're not Mystery Science Theatre. We don't have to come up with a skit at the end with Pearl or whatever. So. And, and frankly, we're not really under any obligation to come up with jokes. Certainly Pixels No. Wasn't. No. I mean, as Dolph Lundgren said when he invented the phrase, when in Rome. <laughs> so, unfunny movie, unfunny podcast. Um, I'm... F- Jesus Christ, it's 10.46. I know. <laughs> oh no this is I don't feel well um, alright I'm gonna go so we're doing The Wizard yes The Wizard the Wizard. 2017 Christmas special for the spin off Doctors slash movie boys I don't care if another podcast guy we just came up with it first we're the movie boys damn right 
Fuck your eggs. All right. Go pass out, Jim. Thanks for listening to it. I can't. I've got to wait for your file to oh, arrive. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I can post this. I've got to post this, like, in a minute. That's true. <laughs> it's going to take me about six minutes to get it uploaded. Yeah. I'm going to do a video in the meantime. All right. I'll speak to you all later for your podcasts when you want them. Bye. Bye. I already did a good podcast there.